When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Doesn't look like we have an intro in there. I guess it doesn't matter. We've got Brad Alice here. I am Mike Luke. Great deals going on, as always. You put down a deposit, you get up to $1,000 in free plays. All right, William. First of all, how's Brad Alice doing? It's about to get busy. Um, The kids just started playing on their school volleyball teams. Baseball starts tonight. Volleyball for my daughter's league starts tomorrow or next week. Hockey's up again, so I will literally be busy seven nights a week for about the next, I don't know, two years. And let's be honest, Brad, you wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I got like two or th- two more years of coaching my kids, so yeah, they're about to go into middle school, in which case, unless I go jump on and, and get a job and flowing wells, which, you know, you don't rule it out. Right, uh, for sure. My, my coaching days, at least uh, for a lot of them, are, are about over. All right, Brad, I wanted to talk about the depth chart that was released. But first, I want to get your overarching take on what you expect from this Arizona football team this season going forward. What is William Brad Alice looking at? I just I, I just recorded my own podcast. It's not up yet, so it's going to be weird because I actually addressed this podcast as being the future when it's going to be the past. So it's kind of a time machine thing. Um, this is, I think, the last year of moral victories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you have to give Jed Fish two years to revamp the roster. It's improved. There's no doubt. But whether that translates in the wins or not, I don't know. I don't know how improved. So to me, this year, if they play 12 games, I want to see them competitive against all the teams they should be competitive with and then a few extras. Uh, and, and what I mean is when you, you know these first three games, unless Mississippi State's just way better than we think, Arizona should be in all three of these games. And and in fact, probably the first two of the non-conference. I'm going to excuse if they get blown out by USC or or Oregon or at, you know, Washington or at UCLA, Utah. Um, But then they should be competitive in those last two as well. Um, If they only win two or three, but look good doing it more often than not, I'll be pleased. Um, But if, you know, if they have a repeat of NAU, Colorado, Washington State, where these were not particularly good teams that uh, they blew out, got blown out by or beat by in in a use case, then I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to have some severe concerns. 
Looking at the two deep, I don't think there's any doubt this is an improved roster. But there are still some holes. you still got a few. And actually, I'm surprised. Looking at it, there aren't many young guys, I think, being plugged into starting positions uh, that are necessarily being rushed. Right. Uh, if you look at it, I don't care how good Arizona gets. In reality, I think the top of Arizona is a year-in, year-out, seven- or eight-win program. I mean, there will be nine, 10, 11 wins. But guys like T-Mac and Savanea are going to start on just about every Arizona team ever as true freshmen. Right. Um, now, where we're seeing guys get thrust into the the lineup is the 2-D, the 3-D, where I'm not sure Celestine is playing as a true freshman on some of the better Stoops teams. I'm not sure, you know, Takario Davis is, is the number two corner on some of the better teams. Um, but for the most part, you look at it, you know, most of the new starters are either guys who've worked their way up or their transfers. And I can live with that because that's what you have to do to, you know, upgrade the talent. You know, if Jonah Coleman was getting 30 carries a game, I don't think that's going to happen. I'd be a little worried. If he's your number three running back, I feel pretty good. All right. Now let's talk Jaden Delora, though, because as we all know, Arizona's quarterback play has been uh, sketchy the last few years. Um, he comes in years. Decades? The last few centuries, yeah, for sure. There's been some good ones in there. There has been, but I also, you know, remember when, uh, and no offense to Mr. Malaulu, where I know he can throw with either hand, and I'm like, yeah, not real well with either. Um, I remember a year where Reggie McGill led the team with, I think, 12 receptions. Right. So that's yeah. that's where we're going against for sure. Yeah. But now, right now, you had Jaden Delora coming in, and you could just tell in the presser yesterday that Jed Fish feels good about this team again i you how do i put this you could just tell that he thinks that this is a better team than probably people are giving them credit for and it starts with delora he was asked about delora and you know what he um you know being named a starter first year in and he said listen he said or excuse me a captain he said listen Jaden has done everything that we hoped he would be able to do and more in practice. It's now just about doing it in the game. That is coach speak for saying we're very happy with Jaden Delora and how he's playing. You know, I, I, when Delora came in, I was pleased. I was happy. He was a guy I thought, you know, when they couldn't get a few of the bigger names, and I'm not sure he's not better than a few of the bigger names. But I looked at his numbers, 2,700 yards, and I'm like, that's good, not great. But then I really looked at it. He had what I would call three bad games. Uh, one of those was in a blowout win. He didn't have to play real well. Right. I guess, you know, I think he had 150 yards, but he completed, you know, 58% of his passes, no interceptions. One was the bowl game where he got hurt early and did not come back in the second half. And he had a bad game, but they said, you know, reading the, I didn't watch the, the game, but he got hit really hard on about the third series and never looked right again the rest of the time he played. Uh, and another one was in a blo in a bad loss to a I think it was Oregon. I mean, even mm -hmm. though maybe the Oregon game, one of them or USC put up good numbers or mediocre numbers, then they lost, but th they were never in the game. But for the most part, he put up great numbers. Even if he wasn't throwing for a ton, he was completing at a high rate percentage. So as long as he's a fit for the offense, I'm I'm less concerned with him than I was even a month ago. A month ago, I was like, yeah, I could see, you know, maybe we're getting a little smoke and mirrors. That other scheme was better. But no, I feel pretty good about Delora. To me, the only question on this offense is the line. Right. And I feel good, not great, about the starting five. It's when you start dipping into, you know, I mean, is it, Longy's the backup number two at two positions on the left side. Right. 
which means if you have two injuries, I don't know who's, I don't, I don't know. You know, do you, where do you start shifting guys around? Um, you know, is Borjan ready to play? He's listed in the two deep. You've got a lot of youth on the roster, which I find encouraging for the future. I just might be a little scary in the, in the, in if something happens this year, but if they can block, if they can block as a mid-level Pac-12 line, there's no reason with Delara with, what to me seems to be the deepest receiver group, at least since the Tomy era, uh, a pretty solid. There may not be a stud running back, but I think you've got, you know, when when Stevie Rocker's your number six running back on the depth chart, right? That that shows some depth. Uh, it's all going to come down to the offensive line if they can, you know, establish enough of a run to take the pressure off Delora, and Delora has time to throw. Uh, I think this offense is going to put up points and at least enough points to keep them in a lot of games. Yeah, what I look at and I look at this receiving core is I think that they complement each other very well when you look at it. I mean, you've got T-Mac who the best comparison I can come up with, and again, this probably doesn't do him justice, is I think you're trying, you're looking for a Jerron Kreiner type player right there. A guy who, not the fastest dude in the world, but a guy that can go up, high point the ball, be a great red zone target. And again, Jerron Kreiner is certainly no put down. He's one of the best receivers to ever come through here. Then you got Cowing, who is going to be kind of that intermediate guy who can do a little bit of everything. And then you got Dorian Singer, who a lot of people have slept on, but you got to remember Dorian Singer by the end of the year last year, along with Stan was the, one of the two best receivers on the team. He was a guy that was making plays. Yeah. I'm, and here's where I start getting more excited too. I like AJ Jones. I like Kevin mm-hmm. Green. I like Anthony Simpson. Right. I mean, that's, you know, when Simpson's probably your sixth receiver, hey, Jamari Joyner is your seventh receiver. Um, right. That's a good, you know, if you dip into Chris Hunter and, and Jaden Clark, I might be, I might be starting to get worried. But again, you look at those seven guys. They they either have with Green, McMillan, and and the other freshmen a ton of ability, or they're proven. And again, proven is you know again, none of these guys have taken over a game necessarily, with the exception of of Singer. But all of them can grab the football and and make you know, make plays. We know that. So it's a matter of buying the time and scheming to get them the football. And if Delora and Jed Fish can do that, then again, this is going to be a good and possibly great passing game. Now, Key and Burnett, is, it's, it's interesting, and it goes to show you, too, about the improved level of talent, because normally if a kid came into the U of A in the last 10 years who was a USCD commit, four-star kid that looks like him he would be the buzz of everything haven't heard a ton about him i'm interested i'm very interested to see what they plan on doing with him because he's also in a position too that's a little bit more structured obviously than the receiver position because you got to be able to block blocking is a big part of the scheme do we see a lot of key in burnett this year is this something where maybe we're looking into you know next year where he really makes his mark yes and yes i think right. um the two guys I am most curious about, and I think I'm going to create a lot of opinions on Jed Fish as an offensive mind, is how do they utilize Burnett this year and how do they utilize Speedy Luke? Because I'm not sure either guy's ready for their primary position to be a every-down player. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Burnett's big enough, and, and he may never be big. You know, Again, big enough is a he's a big kid, but to right. be that blocking motor grader tight end. Nor do you necessarily want him to be. I mean, the 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 you know again. I know I go to the Chiefs all the time, but Travis Kelsey is not Kelsey. the reason. You know, uh, he can block, 
but when they need short yardage, Blake Bell's coming in the game. Um, same thing, Burnett. You know, if they need that 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 third and one, I think we're gonna you know see we're gonna see lines and it was at McLaughlin. Uh, but I want to see where do they line Burnett up? Do they use him? Who's the kid from the uh, oh, Inland Empire a few years ago? He was that kind of hybrid tight end wide receiver that oh, Arizona used, but not quite. Not good really, enough. really yeah, didn't and, fully embrace. Right? And he had the health issues too. Like he was in the hospital. He almost died at one point. And, um, you know, but he had, you know, there, there's guys like these hybrid tight ends, I think are very interesting. Just like a guy like Speedy Luke. Um, who I family to see probably line. I hope I see him more in the slot than I do in the backfield, at least this year until he adds that bulk, adds some more muscle, but they better find ways to get both of those guys, the ball. And if they, again, if it's unusual ways, I'm fine with that. In fact, I will feel maybe better about um, Jed fish. Cause again, with the exception of those two games where we saw McLeod come in, we didn't see a ton of creativity but again, do you really want him to break open the secret pages of the book that he got from Henry Winkler? That's a good reference if you're old enough. For sure. Um, to beat Cal with 15 players. I mean, so this again, this is my, I don't have a grade for Jed Fish last year. This is my, let's start forming an opinion on Jed Fish, the coach, as opposed to Jed Fish, the administrator. I want to talk about Speedy Luke, and then we're going to get to the defense. But uh, first of all, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook at Brad brought up the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to talk Kansas City Chiefs here. We're going to talk about a player that I'm going to compare family Speedy Luke to. But first, hop on there. Great deals going on. You put down a deposit. You get up to a thousand in free plays right now. Brad is all back. Are you back in the Chiefs? Are they coming out of the AFC? I don't know if they're going to win the AFC, but I, I'm picking them to win the West. All right. Let me ask you this: Is there any team in the AFC you would pick over the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl? The only one I'm thinking right now that I love more than is, is Buffalo's really good. Okay. Buffalo's, Buffalo's really good. good. And again, the Bengals, but I worry about that hangover. And then the rest of the improved AI. The AFC West is loaded, but I don't know if any of those guys can coach. For sure. I don't know if they can't. I just don't know if they can. So until you prove to me that you have a quarterback that's better than Mahomes and a coach that's better than Andy Reid, take right. the Chiefs. So check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Take Brad's, uh, either take the Chiefs or take the Bills out of the AFC. And thank Brad Alice again, code word PHNX. Okay, want to talk about Speedy Luke right here. Fam, as we call him on this show. So I, I think people are missing the boat on the comparison with Speedy, to be honest with you. I keep hearing Trunk Candidate, and you, and you can definitely speak to this. Trunk Candidate was a lot bigger guy physically than people think. I mean, Trunk Candidate was... 5'10", what, 195, 200 pounds? I mean, he was not a small dude, and he was incredibly fast. What was interesting about him, though, is he wasn't necessarily elusive. He was the guy that he hit the hole, and then he was gone. Speedy Luke is never going to be as big as Trung. He's not going to even be close to as big as Trung was, but he's probably he's more elusive. I think that the better comparison is a DeAnthony Thomas and how he was used at Oregon. That's more of how I would look at him and how I would try to use Speed Luke. Yeah, I mean, if you want the Arizona comparison, the two guys I'd look more at than Trung are um, Dennis. Mm -hmm. Even though Dennis was a receiver, he played, I think he was a running back for about half an hour. Uh, and Mike Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, they quit using him, but there was a lot of plays early on that Canales wanted to run with Mike Thomas lined up at, at uh, running back. 
Right. Um, and, and Stoops got super conservative. And that's, you know, again, there was plenty. I know a lot about what Canalis wanted to do and wasn't allowed to do. Um, and, and maybe I'm a Canalis apologist because I know some of you are if you see another bubble screen. You're going to start twitching. But uh, there was a lot of stuff that was taken out of his hands. But I know there was a lot of stuff drawn up for Mike Thomas, the runner that we didn't necessarily get to see. And again, when he left Arizona, I think he was the Pac-12's all-time reception leader. So that tells you how good he was. But yeah, I think Luke has a lot of that. And I think the DeAnthony Thomas uh, is is a very apt comparison. Um, another guy who's with the Chiefs right now, but who's been bounced around the NFL a bit is a, like a Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. He's kind of hybrid receiver, running back types, third down back. If you want to go way back, like Dave Meggett back with the Giants. Um you know, the third down back is not as much a thing as it used to be, but that's what I think Speedy Luke is, at least until he shows me he can put on, and he may never, you know, that 15 pounds of muscle so he can take more of the pounding uh, that Jonah Coleman is built to take. And maybe the two of them are your thunder and lightning, except both of them are five six. Right, for sure. So now moving over to the defensive side, and we've been talking about this guy quite a bit, Deuce Davis. All right, so people that, again, don't know, Probably, well, he was. He was very under-recruited, I think. Because, when you again, when you go to practice, he's a thin dude. But he's also, when you come from an, when you have a father that played in the NFL for nine years, that always matters to me. When you come from those Chandler schools, that's also a really nice thing. But, Brad, he's made plays. And, again, he's not the biggest dude in the world. But he's going to be a real test, I think, for the coaching staff being able to mine these under-the-radar players that a guy like a Dick Tomey was so good at. Because Deuce Davis feels like a Dick Tomey type recruit in that there's a lot of talent there, probably a low three-star kid, but there's also a lot of upside to work with. Shockingly, a guy with his ability reminds me a little of is actually a Makovic guy. And it may be Makovic's best recruit. And he Copeland wasn't Brian, the walk-on? Copeland Bryant. Now he mm-hmm. got here at about 195. Right. He um, played in the league too. Played Copeland Bryant played in the league. Three or four years, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was about a 200 and by the time he left, I think he was only about 220 Russian. Um, and Deuce Davis listed about 210, you know, who I don't know how accurate that is, but you can be, if you got a quick first step, if you've got some bend, uh, if you have some strength that you don't necessarily need size to be a Russian, especially if you're on the opposite side from, you know, a guy like, you know, Jason Harris and Jalen Harris, you mm-hmm. know, Jalen's what, six, six, two seventy five. Right. Jason at six, seven, two fifty. I, don't, I refuse to believe that Jason's 6'7". I believe he's 6'11". You know, I, I still remember when we all thought he was a better basketball player. And I'm still not sure we've decided right. that, have we? Um, you know, I think – but when you look at I think the two big surprises – two of my bigger surprises on defense, again, I take these depth charts with a slight grain of salt um, because we have all seen – I always use the Sir Thomas Jackson as the great <laughs> example. Sure. Didn't appear on the three deep and started at linebacker. Right. Um, but you know, the fact that Kevin Garcia and is it Mercier, Mercier, uh, are in the three deep at defensive end, that surprised me a little, uh, you know, I really thought maybe we'd see someone, but, um, again, if you're really counting on a lot of snaps from those guys, something's probably wrong, but, um, yeah, I was a little surprised to see those. And there's a few others on the defense. There were some names I did not expect to see on the three deep. Some guys I haven't even heard about. And I'll be honest, again, I'm not as invested as I used to be when I was doing this. Well, Brad, you have Brad, you have, mul- you have kids, you have multiple dogs now. You're coaching. You're also playing hockey. So, And, I, and I'm not getting paid uh, other than your good graces to do. 
there's some guys I honestly don't know if they're preferred walk-ons or if they're recruits in the right. three deep. Right. Um, I don't remember ever, and I could. Someone's going to be like, "Brad, you're stupid." Like he was a he he, he committed in July of you know, but I did could not tell you anything about Will Urich until today. <laughs> Correct, for sure. I don't remember much about Dalton Johnson. I'm of the opinion, Brad, that on the defensive line, the player that needs, and I've talked about this for the last couple of days, but I'm going to keep repeating it because I actually think it's a good point that I raise. And some, a lot of times I don't raise good points, but I like this point. They need Keon Bars to be the guy that controls that interior right there. Um, I think that he's. this is probably the most talented interior lineman in, of what, the last five to ten years? I mean, something like that. He's going into the season with all conference expectations. And I use this comparison. I don't need him to be Rob Waldrop because there are no Rob Waldrops, but I need him to be Earl Mitchell. I need him to be able to get six sacks or so, 12, 13 tackles for loss, and make things easier for the linebackers and also make things easier for those edge rushers. Can he be Chuck Osborne? Can he be Dana Wells? When that Wells was a defensive player of the year type candidate, so maybe that's not right. Yeah, he just need he, to me. I don't even need a lot of sacks. I just need him to clog up that middle. Right. I just don't need people running down your throat. I need all, and I know he's listed two ten in the three ten. I know all three hundred ten pounds of him to take an A gap or the B gap and tie up one or two blockers. That's what I need from him. And allow your linebackers, allow your safeties, allow your DNs to make plays. Um, now, to be honest, though, I feel, you know, when you look at this as a, uh, and I'm going to say as a five deep, when you've got bars with Deion Wilson and, and Kangaika, along with Parashand and, and Savea, that's not a bad group in my mind, or potentially not a bad group. Um, you know, obviously, you know, finding out that Brown's not going to play this year, uh, hurts a little, but again, Brown's. He's a career reserve. There's nothing wrong with that, but he's a career he's been a career guy with a lot of injuries and stuff. And again, if as you're getting into Evan Branch Hayes, who's listed as the third string D tackle, I don't know anything about Evan Branch Hayes. Apologies to the Hayes Branch Hayes family, but those other five guys I like. You know, Kengaika is right. the great story. Um, you know, follow Johnny Nansen here. Uh, I think we all kind of like what Shand. He just looks like a grinder to me. Um, so I think that interior defensive line is at least potentially the best it's really been in a long time. I You're not relying on Parker Zellers. Apologies to the Zellers. You're not relying, you know, I think you can go back to probably Stoops to see one that had at least legit size and athletic ability to be potentially pretty good. Steve Hernandez, Steve, we love you, but you are putting out unreal expectations. I like the, uh, I was talking Lamont Lovett, I think, put it best. 30 sacks. I was going to say about two and a half a game. If you can get two and a half a game, we just can't be in that 17 or 18 realm where it's like a sack, like a sack and a quarter per game. 40, I don't need 40. I'd love to get 40. But if you can get 30, I think that that is a real step in the right direction there because we haven't really seen anything like that in quite a while. And if you are getting 30 sacks, that also means that you probably got three or four guys that have five or six sacks plus. Yeah, again, unless Jason Harris, Jalen Harris, excuse me, Harris family. Sorry, I'm getting your kids mixed up. I get oh, my that's, that's Arizona royalty, seriously. I know, right, uh, but if Jalen can get to double figures and and live up to, the, I think, the ability that he has, and again, so many coaching changes, so many issues, um, not with him, with the program. But if he can get close, you know, nine or ten, I'm going to feel really good about the potential for the rest of this lineup to get us the the, the 21, the 20, 
sacks that I think this program needs again to have a, a competent defense. And mm-hmm. um, I think there is a realistic a, ability for this defense to be good, not not great, not gonna win you many games, but if they can just keep you in games, um, then I think yeah that that's what you, that's what you need from this defense. And frankly, in the Pac-12, the way it is right now unless you're Utah, you really just need a defense to keep you in games. The days right. of Desert Swarm or the Steve Entman, Washington, you know, Purple People Leaders and, and, and some those days are gone. College football just isn't 10-7. Even, even Alabama doesn't do that. Yeah, Alabama with 97 first-round draft picks still gives up 20 a game. Right, for sure. Okay, a couple things, and then we're going to get to the backside, and then we're going to talk a little basketball as well, but – also, got to tell you, we've uh, entered a partnership with Tap and Bottle, where we're going to be every away game viewing parties downtown at the downtown location. We're going to be up there, three great TVs. You can come hang out with us. We're going to have drink specials. All that stuff's going to be. We're going to unveil it tomorrow. But very excited to be with the good folks from Tap and Bottle, and we're going to be doing this for basketball as well. And as Brad put out there, Kevin Woodman, I think, is a very proud papa right now. That's the best way I could put it. This is what he dreamed of having happen right, for at, sure. at the former place of employment. Um, for- and if you get half the turnout you got for your little unofficial uh, mm-hmm. thank you party, uh, your fans are going to be happy and Tap and Bottle is going to be happy because right. I don't And you know what this also means? Bigger fish? This also means that this I, Kevin Kevin has promised me that he's going to come down for one of these. So when that does happen, when the the OG comes down, we will have the red carpet out for him. Well, doesn't he have a, a seat still reserved at Tavern Bottle? I mean, I think he should. I think he really should, to be honest with you. And, and seventeen other bars and two. <laughs> it's not just Tavern Bottle, my no, man. No, no. Um, okay, let's talk now about the uh, let's talk about the back end of the defense a little bit. What's fascinating to me about Jed Fish and why I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I understand what he's doing. Like with Rich Rod, I never really understood his recruiting approach. It just felt like just give me some players here. I don't care who they are, and I can make it work. It never felt like there was any real structure to it. With Jed Fish, you can tell that if Jed Fish is going to miss on a player, he's going to miss on a big player. He's going to met, miss on somebody that's got size. I mean, you can just look at those two uh, DBs, Takario Davis and um, Ephesians Priceoff. Both about six two, six three, somewhere in that realm right there, and I and I like that to be honest with you because again, if you're going to miss, miss big. I think it's an interesting philosophy, and I like it. There's really, I think there's three things that he he's looking at for these for his reaches. One is size. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is big athletes, and it's big by position. Um, whereas again, Rich Rod loved these five, eight receivers other than speedy Luke, Arizona's not bringing in five, eight receivers here. They're bringing right. big NFL type receivers. And he's going to take a, the occasional chance on an in-state kid, which again, if you're bringing in 10 of those guys from, you know, Sabino, no, no offense to Sabino, but you know, not Scottsdale Sawar. Then you've got a problem. But if you're taking a flyers on Hamilton, Saworo, right, uh, Chandler, uh, a few of those others, and they've got legit size and and potential, then I don't mind it. And you know, people have talked about how, and I've seen this in several places, and I don't think it's illegitimate that they missed on a lot of their transfers last year, but a lot of more in-state kids that opened doors. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, Gunnar Maldonado, he's going to start. He may not be a quintessential Arizona player. Uh, Drake Anderson. Drake Anderson. Uh, Gunnar Cruz. Mm-hmm. But if that opens up your doors for Deuce Davis and Stovall, right. and, then it's worth a guy at the back end in the rebuilding year. Again, they need a lot of T-Macs and Burnett's and Savias, which Rich Rod didn't get a lot of, or if he got them, they were super flawed or super injured. You know, the curse. They were Keenan Walker where the, okay, they look the part, but you're also probably getting into a lot of fights and doing things you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Or um, unfortunately for, for Stoops, you know, it's uh, what's his face. You got kicked in the head and, and, and never played again. Um, oh, who was that? Um, uh, great kid. Big off the big offensive lineman uh, from SoCal or it's uh, Von, Von, Von Dosty. Von Dosti, or it's, uh, you know, it's uh, Cormier, who mm-hmm. had blood clots, which, right. again, no one knew, or if they did, but it's just the bad luck Arizona has, you know. Even Gronk, as great as he was, you missed a year and a half of Gronk because uh, right. of that back injury. Um, but you got to bring in guys like that. But if, again, the back end, especially now that you can bring in more than the 25, if you're bringing in the kid from New Mexico who's, what, 6'7", 250, right. and also plays basketball, you know, I'm fine with that. Again, if you can bring in the occasional 5'8 guy who runs a 4-4, great. But I don't need nine of them. And I think I'm barely exaggerating that Rich Rod brought in, you know, it was Nate Phillips and Samaji Grant and JT Washington and then the other abbreviation guy. Johnson and then, yes. Yeah, there was just guy. you know, again, I love Cindric Steptoe. I want Cindric Steptoe in my program. I want, uh, you know, Mike Thomas, but I don't need nine of them. And that's what Rich Rod kept doing while not bringing in linemen. I'd rather have too many linemen and have to convert a wide receiver to safety than have too many wide receivers and have to, you know, go find, uh, go find, you know, Justin Belknap. We're going to get, uh, we're going to get Brad's prediction here in a second on season wins, but first got to pay the bills. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You put down the deposit, you get up to $1,000 in free plays. That simple, that easy. Brad, the number now has been moved up to three. It started at two and a half. I think that the DraftKings Sportsbook app was looking at the AZ Wildcats podcast and probably realized that had a lot of sway, and they saw the over, and they said, we got to bump this thing up. So now the line is at three. Where does William Brad Alice go if he was going to be wagering on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? I'm taking the three, risking the push. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so, if, if, if how I, many if, wins for what's what's their record this I, year? I'm going, I'm going I'm five. Saying, I still think it's three or four. Okay. Um, but I reserve, and that's if they beat San Diego State, I think it's it's suddenly a much more interesting year. Because mm-hmm. a, I think that means they're better than we think, and b, that, that's an extra win. That's stupid. But if they San Diego State's a good football team now, they're they're not as good. I don't think they're as good as last year. I looked at that. They have what two offensive starters back. They don't have a lot right. of experience on the outside side of the ball great bell is no longer there if arizona beats them i don't think you can you can start hunting for four wins in the first five games now will it happen probably not but if you can go three and two in those for and then you can pick off something in that middle part and then you can finish strong you're suddenly your five or six is is realistic i think if you lose the san diego state a that means they're probably more like we thought they were and it's just harder to find wins but I think the San Diego State game is is gigantic uh, for this season. And honestly, just to build that confidence, but also to prove to us 
that a lot of the things we think we see are as good or maybe even better than we think. Right. Now, check it out again. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. What's your prediction for the San Diego State game, William? Unfortunately, I, I think it's a good game. I think it's a better version of the BYU game last year. I just think San Diego State opening their building, uh, Arizona debuting a lot of new parts. I, I, I think San Diego State probably wins by a touchdown. Okay. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Um, I, th- I don't think I don't think we see a repeat of last year. Certainly, um, if, because if we do, and San Diego State's up, what was it, twenty-one nothing, twenty-eight-seven? Then this Arizona team's got some problems. All right, now let's check it out right here. The um, well, first of all, Four Peaks Brewery, and then we're going to get over to UVA basketball. The official brew of PHNX Sports. Check it out. Website, everything going on there. Four Peaks Brewery. Okay, That's a good get. That is a good get. Yeah, we're doing, we're, we're growing, man. The, uh, the the sponsors are coming in like sponsors are coming in left and right. We and like they're it. not like cheesy sponsors, like you know, right? Brad's Brew, he makes it in a bathtub. No, it's like Four Peaks. Yeah, dude, Brad's, I know, Four Peaks. That's a good stuff. It's not Williams Water. No, no, it's right. not. You know, yeah. Brad's Brad's Chili ish. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's talk Arizona basketball now. So Azulis Tabellis, um, obviously, he should be the best player on the team this year. My question is this, if Azulis, how far can you go if Azulis Tabellis is your best player? See, I, I think the thing is how good are the other guys? I mean, right. if Azul, if everyone else is the same and Azulis is 25% better, then they're probably not going deep. Right. Um, basically, just because in, in, in general, it's the type of player he is. He's not a create his own shot type of guy for the most part. He's not a dominant defensive player who can take over the game with rim protection. Um, Because he could score. He's unfortunately for him, he's the guy you could say, okay, you know what? We don't have a guy who can guard him. If he goes for 30 and 10, but we hold the rest of the guys to, you know, 35. Right. You know, we're beating you 80 to 65. Right. Um, But if, you know, we see a better version of Ramey. You know, the 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 pre Chris Beard version. Pre Chris Beard version. If we see Kirk Risa, who just went kind of toe to toe with Luca, I know Luca outscored him, but man, he 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 played confident in that mm-hmm. tournament. If we see the Pella Larson we saw this summer, um, if Henderson is seventy five percent of the guy he was at Campbell. Uh, if one of these other bigs is 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 suddenly interesting, whether it's Bala, whether it's Vesser, Visar, sorry, the mm-hmm. one of the puppies just got a bag of fruit snacks from. No, the- you're good. Um, then suddenly Arizona is really interesting because then you may have a lot of games where Tubelis is getting his 20, 22, but Kerr's adding sixteen, and Ramey's adding twelve, and Henderson's getting ten. And, you know, whoever else is suddenly it becomes very tough to stop Arizona. And that's what I think you're, you, you've got to count on. Tubelis is kind of the – we know Tubelis is going to be somewhere from good to great. Mm-hmm. The rest of the guys, I don't know. But I'm feeling better about some of them after watching them play international ball this summer. In fact, all of them. Kerr really played well this week. Uh, you know, Pella Larson was really good a couple weeks ago. Ball had some great moments, and that really is encouraging to me that they can be the players maybe we kind of hope they were. Or could. I, like, 
I really like that 1995-96 comparison for this team. I think that's, again, obviously different coach, different roster, but you remember you had lost Damon from the previous year. You had lost Reyes, and you had a lot of returning players, but everybody was curious as to what was the actual upside for them. Could Reggie man the point full-time? Could a big man emerge down low? And those questions were answered. Now, again, JB was obviously ineligible the last semester, but Ben Davis emerged as a conference player of the year type guy. Reggie was able to man the point. Reggie was able to take his game to another level on the perimeter. Miles continued to emerge. You had a, you had guys that stepped up. You didn't really have a star on that team, but everybody was kind of a B plus caliber player, except for Ben Davis, obviously, who was, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he who was runner up to Sharif after Raheem conference player of the year. People forget how good Ben Dave. Oh, he's so good. And Mike, this is, I think, an off-season topic, but our all-overlooked team, because I got three right away, Davis, Mills, and Radinovich, um, and maybe mm-hmm. Rick Anderson. We may just be looking for a guard. For but sure. People forget that team not only went to the Sweet 16, they're a Michael Dickerson rush shot away from maybe beating Kansas and going to the Elite Eight. How far, does that, how far does that team go with J.B.? It's it's a great question because I'm not sure the chemistry wasn't better. Without right, him. I agree with that. Um, no disrespect to JB, but um, you know there were some times when Miles was out of the lineup that the chemistry was better as well. Right. Um, again, Miles, they don't have a national title without Miles, so just right. take that for what's worth. Uh, but with JB, let's assume they win three more games in the regular season. They're not the four seed. They're a three or a two. They're not taking on a really good Kansas team in the Sweet 16. Yeah, you could be looking at something completely different. So it's a great question. And I honestly, I forgot JB was out during that stretch. Um, but but JB, being, JB being out also allowed Ben Davis to really take, maybe Ben doesn't make that step forward with JB in there as well. So I think that's kind of where you're going at as well. Yeah. And again, it's just that team really gelled around. I think the only, you know, I think in hindsight, maybe you want to carve out more time for Dickerson. Mm. which I think you could also say about the year before as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he just, you know, yeah. he rushed a shot against Kansas. I think that would have tied the game, mm. maybe even taken the lead. And it was a great shot, though. It's just, yep. it's just not quite the shot you wanted at that point. Um, but if he makes it, we're talking, again, if, we're ta- if he makes it, if Trier makes it, if Horn makes it, we're talking about different legacies. Right. Um, and then we don't. But again, you could also say, well, if they don't do that, then they don't win the next year. Um, but yeah, that was a really, really good and really fun team uh, with some great, great guys. I mean, McLean and, and Corey and McLean, Corey, Reggie, uh, who's Reggie, uh, yeah, Reggie right. who's just a great human being. Um, ben Davis, again, the, the, and mm-hmm. then you throw in the young guys. Yeah. Fun. Ben Davis could also be on the all stoic Arizona team where you could have Mike Bibby at the point, Ben Davis at the big, Michael Wright at the power forward. Um, your small who would your small forward be? I don't remember many stoic wingmen. <laughs> yeah, that's that I was gonna say I'd have to really think about that one right there. Yeah. But um I don't okay. know. Okay. Yeah. Brad that's usually we, where your emotion comes bubbling up. Before we sign off, where can they find uh uh Show the broadcast. Where can they find everything for you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, WSR Brad. Uh, You can find it on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's the Wildcat Sports Report. I think it's still called the Wildcast. I had it first. 
take that a certain newspaper who stole it um but i wasn't broadcasting at the time but yeah you can find it there uh subscribe and you'll get the updates it should go up probably early this evening i gotta go watch a little uh Centennial, uh, Centennial Elementary Boys Volleyball uh, <laughs> at two as my son makes his debut. I'm not expecting much. The the sister's a much better right. player. Had 11 aces yesterday, by the way. For sure. So, but yeah, so it should be up this afternoon, if not early this evening. And uh, it's all it's all football. Right. I, I didn't delve into horrible father stuff. I didn't delve into, into heavy metal. Uh, I didn't even talk basketball. I just talked. Uh, basically the two deep and, and, and things we want to see. And then a couple of the, who are these guys type thing. Right. So. He's William Brad Alice. We'll be back with you too next Tuesday. As always, Brad, as always, really appreciate your time. Anytime. All right. Back the A. Back the A, baby. And get in on that, by the way. We're over 900 people there. We try to need, let's I know, try to get I'm, just making you, I'm making you sweat for that one. I know. I need to get that there. But back the A. And everybody, we'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh, <laughs>